Welcome to the Christ Life Ministries podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Olubi Johnson. For more information about this podcast and our other resources, please visit spcconline.org. God bless you. Today I'm going to continue our teaching this message on the humility and the ability of the mind of Christ. I'm not sure if I'll be able to finish it today. If I don't, I'll stop where uh, appropriate as the Spirit leads me and we'll take it on next week because it's such a deep topic. We've spent, we spent two Sundays already on the humility of the mind of Christ. And we said that that's the prerequisite into accessing the ability of the mind of Christ. There is a cycle I've written here. I think I did in one of my weekly ramers. And the cycle is as thus. Actually, I should have told them to draw it. But, you know, maybe next week I'll do that. You know, it's humility, grace, life, light, and wisdom. Everybody say humility, grace, life, light, and wisdom. It's sequential. You can't start at light. You start at humility. From humility, you get grace. Grace will bring life. Life will bring light. Light will bring wisdom. That's the way it works. And, you know, in our last lesson, I'm not going to go back there because of time, we saw that your will is like the door between your mind and your emotions and your spirit. The rest of your inner man. Your, 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 your spirit has two compartments. It's, 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 it's one building. It's one body. But it has two parts. The soul, which is, which, where your brain is the clothing of your soul. That's up here. Then the rest of your inner man is your spirit. And what happens is that when you get born again, the life of God and the light of God is in your spirit. For it to go up, to your conscious mind it first of all gets into your subconscious mind what the Bible calls you know your conscience and that's where the Holy Spirit bears witness he begins as it were to knock but he doesn't force you he just he'll just beep you if you agree that's where humility is and you open the door then the light that is in the inner man in the spirit will now flow through that door, through that opening, into the conscious mind, then you now begin to know things consciously and understand them. You know, from there it will flow into your emotions and begin to temper all your emotions with the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The tragedy of the church in these last 2,000 years is that majority of the church have not understood difference between spirit soul and body and because they don't have that understanding they make a lot of um, assumptions you know and pre, you know they love uh, presumptuousness in the church you have I have the mind of Christ well that's true that's potential you see you have the better rendering the spirit of that scripture is this you have ability to the mind of Christ you have access to the mind of Christ. But whether you access it or not is a completely different question. You Certainly you have access to it. If you're born again, 
you know but to what degree are you accessing it depends on the degree of the humility of your mind and we spent a long time there you know things like stubbornness rebellion pride and these are the real silent killers you know <coughs> fornication and adultery will kill you that's obvious most people know that you know if you sin you sin against your body it will kill you but pride stubbornness and rebellion will just also will kill you just as much as adultery and fornication the difference between adultery and fornication and and and, and pride and rebellion is that those ones that they are silent killers they, they're always working on the inside and most people don't know you know it's like high blood pressure somebody who has high blood pressure can be walking around and they can be fine you know and everything just looking fine and you, you if you look at them they're not they're not they're not sitting down in their bed they're not weak they're not something and then all of a sudden the person just faints and bursts a blood vessel inside the brain and they die you know the, these these horrible sins those three in particular pride rebellion stubbornness unforgiveness they are silent killers because they're not as obvious if somebody is committing adultery and fornication we know he's going to die but if somebody is proud if it's in the heart you won't know and it'll be in there and that's why you it's not uh negotiable you've got to deal with that and, and, and the bible uh, tells us all of this and this is where we left off in our last lesson in uh, 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 Ephesians chapter 4 verses 17 and 18 beautiful scripture given to us by the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul and verses 17 and 18 he said I therefore this I say therefore and testifying the Lord that you walk not as other Gentiles this is the people who don't know God you know people in the world generally in the vanity the word vanity there uh, you know means unproductiveness and truly, the human mind is not productive to the degree it should be. When you consider, and there's a wonderful fact, that man was made in the image and the likeness of God. But that divine potential has been greatly, you know, reduced because of sin. Man has in his brain a hundred billion neurons. Neurons are these small, small things inside our brain where that fire electrical signals that cause us to remember things, that cause us to be able to, you know, um, um, uh, process information. We can take information in, we can process it, we can apply it, you know. And the scientists tell us that, you know, people we call geniuses, like Albert Einstein and those kind of people, they only use about... 12 15%. 85% is, is, is lying dormant. Occasionally, we see this potential in what we call autistic savants. These are people who have autism, but parts of their brains have been fired up, and you find them <coughs> um, 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 uh, expressing or exercising, you know, or demonstrating is a better word. You know, incredible photographic memory, incredible language learning abilities, incredible artistic abilities, incredible mathematical abilities, incredible musical abilities. 
These are not, it's all over the internet because of time. I don't want to turn there. You know, there's one particular, I think it was Brother Goke in the choir who sent it to me. You know, some kid in England, you know, they say he's the smartest kid on the planet. He can do so many things, but he's autistic. You see, he's autistic, but he can, he can, he can do all kinds of things. I don't, but all these things, they're, they're not him alone. They're, 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 he's documented. You know, some of them would listen to a piece of classical music like Beethoven or Mozart or Chopin or, you know, Handel, you know, or Vivaldi or one of these great um, complicated musical pieces. Hear it once and they will reproduce it and play it flawlessly. Flawlessly. It is the brain. The brain can receive that information, store it. They reproduce it and play it back through his hands flawlessly. That's not, you know, it's, it's, this is not pie in the sky. This gives us a peek. It gives us an insight into the ability that is available in Christ because it's the mind of God. It's the mind of Christ. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, we saw that in our last lesson. It says, let's turn there again. Just for emphasis, he says, but you have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. It's just like by the time of Jesus, you're healed, you know? But so many Christians are sick, you know, and die of sickness. But the Bible says, by the stripes of Jesus, you're healed. So it's the same way the Bible says, but you have the mind of Christ. You have it, but you've got to access it. And you access it through uh, this um, exercise of humility we went through all of that last week today I just want to begin to focus on how to access the mind of Christ and what what it makes available uh, I've mentioned it to some uh, to an extent but I want to give you scripture you know um, This is one of the most important things to God. See, God is a jealous God. When we say jealous, not in a negative kind of sense, but he's jealous for his glory. For instance, when David went to confront Goliath, God was very pleased because the other Israelites made God look like a weak God. And the Philistine came out and said, you know, Send a man to me. If we can defeat him, you know, if, if he defeats me, then our people will be subject to you. If I defeat him, then, you know, uh, you people will be subject to him. Because they were all afraid. Because they didn't know God. But thank God there was a small shepherd boy, you know, called David, who just, he, 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 wasn't, he wasn't even too young. So he must have been about 17 or 18. Because you don't go into the army until you are 20. You know? So he was even too young to be in the army. So his dad just sent him to the war front to take some food and supplies for his senior brothers. Now he heard what Goliath said. And he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that would defy the armies of the God of Israel? He said, thy servant will go out and I will fight him and I will, I will cut his head off. And they said, no, you're just a boy. He said, no, no, no. He said, when I was looking after the sheep, I killed a lion, I killed a bear. And that same God would deliver, deliver this Philistine to me. And he said that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. God is the same thing here. The smartest people on the planet are Christians. But sadly, 
It doesn't show. Most, in, even in many of our fields of endeavor, many unbelievers do better than us. They're not smarter than us. The problem with us is that we're not accessing the ability of the mind of Christ to the degree we should. Some of us are okay, you know, good average, some of us even good, you know, but we're not, we're nowhere near where God wants us to be. And this is a challenge. Hence this message. But like I said, the uh, foundation is humility. And that's really the reason why we have not been able to access this mind of Christ to the degree we should. Many of us are conceited. We think of ourselves, as in the scriptures, more highly than we ought. Our, our degree of humility is not sufficient. Hence, the apostle Peter tells us, he says, grow in grace. It's a code of saying grow in humility. Because God gives grace to the humble. So if I want to grow in grace, I have to grow in humility. It means that humility is not static. And I use that illustration of exercising your will. You know, opening that door. If you keep doing it, and the, 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 as it were, the spring of your will is very well exercised. Anytime God knocks, you just open up completely. So you have to, many of us, the, the measure of opening is small. So the amount of light that is entering our mind is, 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 is correspondingly small. But the more you exercise yourself, exercise yourself in uh, 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 humility, fasting, you submit to the will of God when you don't feel like it. Knowing the certainty of his judgment if you disobey and the security of his mercy uh, when you obey. You know, saying you are more meek and lowly in heart. Taking a lower position even when you know you're right. Even when you know you're right, you still take a lower position like Jesus. He said, let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ. Now, God wants us to access the wisdom of God to bring to naught the wisdom of the world. It's something that is very uh, high in God's priorities right now and very much on his heart. Because, you see, I remember before I became a Christian, when we were in university, I used to look down on Christians. I had a friend who was a Christian who was a very nice guy, but he was an exception and not the rule. And I thought Christians were lazy people who were using Christianity as a cop-out. They won't, you know, and they say they are praying and all of that. They won't, you know, and you, do, you find that, you know, most of them, they're not very, uh, they were not very intellectually above. And a lot of people in the world used to look down. I used to, you know, uh, until I got born again. And then I got to understand some of these things. And I understood that the problem was not the Christianity. The problem was the Christians. <laughs> Christianity is fine. It's the Christians and the, the, the picture that they paint of Christianity is such a dismal picture compared to the reality. Hence, the Bible tells us that it is the will of God now in this end time to show unto principalities and powers the manifold wisdom of God. God gave me this revelation when I was in Imperial College. I was just a young boy of 21. I wrote it's, it's on our website. I called it the hope of our calling, something like that. You know, it was, it was one of the things that inspired me to, you know, uh, uh, um, accept the call of God, even at great cost. You know, God don't say if you stay in England, 
you won't learn some things I want to teach you. Looking back now, I know I wouldn't have not learned. I would have been okay, but I would not have learned. And probably I would have died prematurely. I'm almost certain I would have. That's for Luby Johnson. You know, may not be for everybody else. You know, and um, in that message, I said that there is another area that God has been showing me. I wrote this when I was 21 years old. Said that the wisdom of God. And I said, we are, I don't think the church has even tapped into this. The inspiration for some of that came from what I had heard and learned from E.W. Kenyon in particular. You know, that, 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 you know the, the church has barely scratched the surface. You know, and God gave me this scripture, Ephesians chapter 3. Let's go there. Ephesians chapter 3. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And look at verse 10. I'll look at it in the King James and maybe I'll look at it also in the Amplified Bible. Or maybe one of the other translations. But look at it again. To the intent. I didn't hear you, folks. I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. Now turn to, to your neighbor and say, God has an intention. See, God has, God is not, he doesn't, he's a person who has purpose. To the intent. It's, that means it has not happened yet. But this is the, this is where God is going. To the intent. It's an intention. Is what God wants to do to the intent that when we get to heaven, that now, now in the nasty here and now, here in this world, in this mortal body, that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be made known by God. Thank you. Might be made known by God. No, by the church. The manifold wisdom of God. I think what Papa Ravu told us many, many years ago. He said, God does not have an enemy because he has no equal. The enemy, the, Satan is not God's enemy. He's your own enemy. God and Satan are not on the same level. So he's not God's enemy. He's your own enemy. The better he's fighting is you, not God. He can't fight God. So God wants to use you to show to Satan the manifold wisdom of God. In recent times, in the last year or so, a revelation came to me when I was here. That's why you need to be coming for School of Perfection. Many things come out that I not even my notes. I say, I begin to preach because I pray a lot in the Spirit. I pray for hours in the Spirit, you know, every day. Not only on days I preach. And so when I come and preach, I, many times I'm preaching and teaching the interpretation, the mysteries of God. And I said that there are two epicenters of knowledge. One was in the Garden of Eden. The second one came from Jesus Christ. After the resurrection. Those are the two epicenters. Epimers, that's like an earthquake. That's where all knowledge springs from. The original knowledge came from God. It was in the Garden of Eden. When Adam fell and the, the, the uh, path to the tree of life was barricaded by the angels, the residual knowledge, because Adam lived, don't forget, Adam lived for 900 years. That's a long time. And many of the early patriarchs, like we said during the Bible study, lived, many of them, 900, 800. So that's a lot of time. So there was a lot of overlap. They had children. Then their children learned from them. A lot of things were passed down by oral tradition. A lot of knowledge was passed down. That is why you have a great volume of knowledge 
that comes from the eastern part of civilization. That's the Garden of Eden. Then you move east, you know, uh, 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 Babylon, uh, um, um, then the Chinese, the Japanese, you know, they, they, long before Jesus came. BC, they, they already had writings. They had knowledge. The other day I was watching on CNN. I just, you know, saw this. There's this uh, pyramid in Egypt. This was just discovered a few weeks ago. They discovered <clears throat> that there was a corridor inside the pyramid. Till today, the way the pyramids were built without modern technology is still a, a, it's a marvel. They, they can't understand it. It's God. It, it, it's the wisdom that they got from God. But because the path to the tree of life had been barricaded, Satan corrupted that wisdom. That is why the wisdom of the ancients of the Far East, you know, um, the, 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 the Chinese, the, 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 the Arabians, you know, the, the Babylonians, you've heard of the, you know, mysteries of the world, the seven, uh, you know, wonders of the world, the hanging pillars of, of, of Babylon, and so on and so forth. You can Google some of these things. You'd be amazed. Even the, like I thought, I spoke about the pyramids, the knowledge of science, the knowledge of technology that they had back then. I was watching a documentary, I think Pastor Larry or somebody was with me then, you know, <clears throat> on television some time ago. And they said that the Babylonians actually recorded this. Babylon was one of the most advanced cities and civilizations of its time. They actually recorded what I'm about to tell you. They said that the wisdom that they got, they said heavenly beings, heavenly beings used to come down to teach them. They're demons, principalities, powers, and they impart wisdom to their people. The knowledge of mathematics, the knowledge of, of, of astrology, you know, astronomy, then corrupted to become astrology, you know, the study of the stars and all of these things. These were, these were, these were arts and, and sciences that had been developed in the eastern civilizations from the epicenter of the Garden of Eden, but had become corrupted through the sin nature that was inside man. It is this that God is referring to in Ephesians chapter 3. He said that to the intent that now unto principalities and powers in, uh, in heavenly places might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. In other words, God wants to show the superiority of the wisdom that he has given us in Christ to that which Satan has given to his people that has become corrupted. I shared with you some years ago, teaching on this same topic, there's a particular mathematician in physics, you know, he was actually more of a mathematician than he was a physicist, you know, he's one of the top, top, but he's an Indian. He, he's dead now, you know, he died in the 19, he died young, he died when he was in his 20s or 30s, something like that, you know, <clears throat> but he was so gifted, he was so talented, he was discovered, you know, he, 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 he would read books in algebra and all of that, he began to write theorems by himself, he didn't go to university, you know, and this was in the 1920s. He was a clerk in a, in a, in a post office or something in, a, in, in India. 
So he now wrote one of the professors in Cambridge and said, you know, he introduced himself. I'm this, these are the, some of the theorems that I have got. You know, please, you know, I would like to come to, you know, to England to come and, you know, share and study and all that. The, the English professor was astounded. So how, how can... So they, to call a long story short, they got some money together and were able to bring him to England. In two or three years in Cambridge, he outstripped all his professors. The, the professor, I think, was Hardy, if I remember rightly, you know, was saying that if I put that, I've forgotten his name now, Rajamujan or something like that. I can't remember his name properly. You know, if I put him on a scale of 10, I'll put myself on a scale of 3. That's how good the guy was. Then they now asked him, how do you get all of these things? He said that in the night, in his dream, his God, you know, the Indians have God's many. You know, they have more gods than, there are billions of gods, millions of gods. Every Indian has about three gods to him. So by the time you can't calculate, it's about three billion. I just said that, you know, jokingly. But seriously, you know, he said that this deity with six hands, has three hands on this side, will appear to him and he will give him all these mathematical formulas. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We believe these words have empowered you to live a victorious, transcendent life in Christ. Our mission is to equip God's people for service and build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We encourage you to enjoy and share from thousands of resources, including books, sermons, prophecies, and articles available on our website, spcconline.org. Thank you, and God bless you.